0: all right good evening germany and welcome into the pits and peril podcast uh, i'm your host for the evening just because i'm manning the zoom uh faithful commissioner anthony yazaki and we've got on the line our uh, incognito tab uh medias todd kramer todd how you doing doing all right i'm a little sad that i'm not in the playoffs um
1: it's the second time i've missed out out in the past three years so all of my uh excess hours of research clearly are not paying off um which hurts me but it's a brutal game we play and uh you know I've got one star one championship to my name so there's a little bit of history with my team uh having success but yeah it it hurts
0: yeah, I mean for sure as another as a fellow uh you know player who's kind of on the outside looking into the playoffs for sure. Um you know it sucks to not be there but at the same time right I mean nobody nobody remembers who came in between you know second and ninth place. It, all that really matters is championships and pits. So in that sense I mean you know get a little extra time off right now and a little uh, a little less agony on Sundays so you know it's not it's not all terrible. Yeah, uh, it's all terrible for me, but... Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's be real. It's all terrible. Um, it's all terrible. Yeah.
1: Well, but. I, got, I got a little something here. Um, I was on CNN this morning. Researchers have found out that snakes have clitoris, clitori. Um, and the best quote is from... It doesn't say her name. Let's see. Wait, hold on. Megan Falwell. She said... People weren't looking, and it was hard to find. It's not the easiest structure to see. So, you know, just goes to show you that the clitoris is hard to find even on snakes.
0: Um, okay, I was waiting for you to bring that back to some sort of fantasy football analogy, but um, uh, we, didn't, we didn't quite get there. So I'm um, a little disappointed by that, Todd. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, good good to know, you know. Um,
1: I mean, it's big news.
0: Snakes have clitoris. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been, I've been holding my breath, and so yeah, I'm yeah, good to know, man. Um, so, I guess we can, uh, basically, do a quick uh, start with a quick rundown of what happened last week. Um, I think, uh, right, obviously, there were some consequential matchups. I obviously ended up losing to you. I got knocked out of the playoffs because of that, which also basically kept Franco and um holden or no excuse me franco and keenan in and uh right bill managed to hold, kind of hold on to his uh, first Ryan bye but i think um probably the biggest news for the week one of the more sh- shocking developments throughout this whole season honestly was mickey intentionally dooming wally to the pits um i mean what I don't know really where to start here, but Todd, what was your kind of initial reaction when when you saw what was going on there and that Ace was actually going to get this win? I mean, I don't want to get
1: too into it because when shenanigans like that happen, it's just, you got to just kind of let it, it breathe on its own. But I was involved in a group chat where people were talking about it and I threatened to take the thread public to give it to Matt Taibbi so that he could do his uh, pitter files on it. And, um, but at the end of the day, it's Nikki's choice. Sounds like Wally was okay with it. So I'm not going to lose sleep over it. It's not my pits we're talking
0: about. I mean, yeah, obviously brutal turn of events for Wally, but um, I mean, so first of all, behind the scenes. So Nikki actually asked me if he should do this and I, I was like, "Yeah, why not? kind of, but i I did not expect him to actually do it first of all, um, but secondly, I mean, i I figured people would be outraged you being at the top of that list, but I'm basically, the way I see it is that Nikki earned the right to to hold this outcome. Like in his hands, right? Because I mean, he put himself in a position where he's got enough leeway in first place in the last week that he right, he, he can throw a week and and face no consequences. And that the reason why he's in that position is because he's in first place and has outperformed everybody. And number two, it's just like there. Like all these things that happen where we like get into these debates, usually what they're just like a confluence of these like various events that happen to coincide where in this case, it's like not only was Nicky in first place with like enough games to spare. He also happened to be playing the bottom team in the last week of the regular season Wally also happened to lose. And mind you, he put up like less than 60 points. I think it's probably the lowest point total ever. But like, and and you know, and at the same time, also Ace scored enough points to be close enough that like Nikki benching his defense was gonna lead to an Ace victory. So there's there's just like so many things that went into this that like I don't even know what kind of rule you would put in place to to prevent something like this or anything like that. And so ultimately, like yeah, I mean, I guess you could call it shenanigans, but I mean, I think it kind of it is what it is, and 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 we like, and I, I ultimately I don't really have a problem with it
1: yeah i mean i can see that like you said you know if if he's in a place to be the executioner right he can he can throw the switch then i guess he's earned it what i would say though is like if you have a player i think you should play him i think maybe the only thing that you could have said to him is like listen if you want to drop new england and pick up someone, I'm cool with that. You know, you want to drop New England and pick up like a, a backup running back that, you know, if the regular running back gets injured, that's fine. But you can't just bench just to, you know, throw the executioner switch. But again, like, you know, if if you can do something, you know, why not
0: allow it? So, And, and the other thing here is that, like, every intervention – every commissioner intervention sets a precedent and i think this is a pretty uh, as far as fantasy football is concerned this is a pretty litigious bunch and so like every what? time there is this precedent it's going to be people are going to try to apply that in that in their favor again yeah. like in the future and so there's just this kind of like butterfly effect that can like potentially happen every time like i right. Do some, take some sort of executive action like that. So I'm really, really not wanting to do that basically. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, I I think if you can do something, I think we should allow it to a certain extent. I think, you know, you made a really good call that, you know, there's no one week rentals, two week rentals makes it a little bit more, you know, uh, challenging so that there's not as much bench sharing. I do think we should expand that to three and we can talk about that next year just so that bench sharing is not as big of a, uh, an issue because it is kind of shitty when, you know, you're playing someone that's got someone on a bye week and they're able to uh, to rent a player, a high-end player. Um, You know, it just, it takes away some of that chance, but. We'll see. We'll vote on it next year. I think just adding
0: one week helps. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I think, uh, right, we made that rentals rule a little while ago, a couple years ago, and it wasn't really something that came up very often, but we saw a lot more rentals going on this season. And so, yeah, I, I think it's a bit more relevant to to think about it now. But um, yeah, we can uh, we can go ahead and put that to a vote later on. Perfect. Um, Anything else from last week that you wanted to
1: to highlight? No, I mean, I'm just – when I look at my team and my – well, I guess we're getting into that later, right? You uh, have it on your list. Uh, Yeah, I mean, okay. Sorry, go ahead. If we're there, I guess we're at point number two on the list. So I'm ready to talk about my team, my season, what went wrong, what went right.
0: Yeah, all right. Sounds good. So, yeah, before we get into the playoff matchups, let's just do a, a quick sort of self-reflection on the season. And uh, yeah, Todd, what I obviously neither of us made the playoffs, as we mentioned already. But yeah, I mean, give us uh, give us some thoughts on how it all went for you.
1: I mean, I had a bad draft. Najee Harris was a bad pick. Mike Evans turned out to be a terrible pick. Lamar Jackson started out hot, got me a couple of wins, but then looked bad. But I had some savvy moves in uh, on the waiver wire and um, Tony Pollard turned out to be pretty good for me. Actually a lot of, and and Cortland Sutton was a fucking huge bust. Um, But when I look back at my season, you know, I was one win away from being in the playoffs. I would have, you know, with one more win, I would have knocked Frank out. And I just think back to my game with Nikki, where I lost by 0.98 points, you know, not even a full point. And I had Rondale Moore put up negative 0.6. Um, it just it's so brutal that there's so many players I could have put in my flex that week. And I had Josh Palmer on my bench and he put up over 20 points. But like pretty much any flex player would have put up one point and I would have been in the playoffs and now I'm on the outside looking in because of Rondale Moore, And I just, I don't think I'll ever want to touch that guy again. It's just, he's dead to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hear that. I mean, when he, when somebody hurts you that badly, I mean, it's like, how are you going to go crawling back to him? You know? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that I it wasn't a terrible season, you know, I got, uh, instead of spending 46 Bitcoin on an old man, Like I did two years ago, I spent 30-something on a rookie, Ken Walker, and it was a a great pickup, and I put myself in a position that I should have made the playoffs, in my opinion. But, you know, it's not like uh, I had a great season, but I I do think I should have been in there. Um, And Rondale Moore kept me out. I mean, I think I I have the third most points four in the league, if I'm not mistaken. No, fourth fourth most points for so you know should have been in there but that's what happens sometimes
0: yep yep yeah so in terms of my team well actually first of all just going back to the draft um i think actually the two of us made two among yeah among two of the worst picks of the draft Um, one of them you didn't even mention because he's not on your team anymore or wasn't on your team at the end of the season but you dropped 20 bitcoin on kyle pitts which was oh, yeah. obviously an unmitigated disaster, and in the same vein, I I paid twenty eight Bitcoin for Russell Wilson, which is just in hindsight, I think that that really just kind of broke my team in a lot of ways, and like the 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 other part about this is that Russ was terrible, and I also lost Trey Lance for the season in week two which means that, like, I Russ, I was suddenly dependent on him and finding another quarterback, and so, I mean, in 2QB league with 10 guys, most of us are carrying a backup, right? We all know there's, you know, at any given time, there's maximum of, like, four starting quarterbacks available on waivers, so just the bad pick of Russ, the injury to Trey Lance was just, like, I think that completely torpedoed my season, like, at the outset. yeah. Like
1: that's what happens because when you have these running quarterbacks, they're such an advantage when they're healthy and they're putting up, you know, 80 rushing yards, but they also expose themselves to major injury because they aren't built like a running back, you know, running backs are built for impact. Quarterbacks are not. And when you're out there outside the pocket in open
0: space, that shit happens. Um, So you live by the sword and you die by the sword. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, gotta agree with you there. Um, and just on Russ, man, like I, I, I got rid of him as soon as possible. Honestly, I I sent him to Frank as kind of a filler and fairly large deal that we made. And I got, I got Gino Smith back and I mean, obviously, you know, Gino was great and all that. Um, but then to see Frank dump Russ on ACE that I just I felt so bad for that man, you know. Like I don't think Ace deserved to be in the pits this season. I mean, if you just you know, even just looking at his points for, he was you know not in last, and and, and I think just yeah, I I kind of foresaw the pain that Russ was going to bring him, and yeah, that that I I didn't enjoy that too much, unfortunately. Um, but what's you know, really
1: guess... inter- what's really interesting to me about the Russ Wilson situation is like. The fact that they did not fire Nathaniel Hackett. It's like you have a guy that's been an all-star, you know, that's been a, a pro bowler his like entire career, has won a Super Bowl, like just a, a stud player, and you have a, a first-year head coach that just seems to be making awful play calls because he was he was calling plays for the offense. I don't understand how that guy still has a job and they aren't, you know – Given someone else a shot to see, is it Russ or is it this idiot Nathaniel Hackett?
0: Yeah. Um, that's an interesting point. Um, I mean, yeah, I think the coaching is just like so bad for the Broncos. Right. Like, and, and, and so, I mean, I have no idea how long of a contract he's locked into and how much money they would owe him if they fire him. And I don't know if they're paying any other previous coaches still, but yeah, um, Right, I think there could be a financial aspect to this. Like, for example, I've heard that the Raiders aren't are the only reason why they're not um, firing McDaniel's is just because they don't want to be paying multiple coaches for for multiple years uh, moving yeah. forward. But I mean, what's terrible for the Broncos? Okay, we're getting a little far field here, but the Broncos are locked into Russ for I think like five, six, seven years, something like that, with like no way out. So I, I think that. But like
1: Man. you've seen Russ make some just crazy good throws, that's why you picked him because you got you know you know he's a talented quarterback. I would I would estimate that it's the play calling more so than it is Russ. But you never know, you never know until you know. But you know well, you can't move on from
0: Russ, so you, I'd say move on from the coach. I mean, I think those are those are probably mutually reinforcing in a in a very bad way. Basically, the coach and the quarterback. Um, All right. Well, anyway, um, just to uh, just wrap it up for my season, um, you know, I traded for uh, Cooper Cup and then he got injured late in the season. And that was the, the final sort of dagger that that, you know left me dead in the water more or less, you know, I had a chance at the end, but I didn't, I, I, I was not very confident for sure. And um, yeah, ultimately I did get knocked out in the last, uh, in the last week, even uh, notwithstanding the fact that Justin Fields turned into, was just a beast in the second half of the season, but he was not enough to, to keep me afloat.
1: Okay. Um, what was your biggest, uh, like learning lesson of the season? What are you going to take forward for next year in terms of strategy or, you know, is there anything that stands out to you where you go, man, you know, tough lesson to learn. But I, now that I know, you know, that's a change I'm making to my
0: strategy, anything standing out? Um. Well, I mean, I, I think I mentioned that, you know, just the bad pick of Russ was just something that sort of hindered me all season. And so like, that's not really like a lesson to learn. Right. It's just like, a, it was just a bad pick. Right. And then, um, in terms of something bigger than that, I mean, I think definitely I opportunistically drafted several high-end running backs. Um, and like, basically that, that left me thin at wide receiver for most of the season and, and kind of, uh, dependent on kind of like breakouts of, uh, you know, from various kind of like, you know, second or third year players. And that ended up not materializing. So I think I probably should have just drafted a, a, you know proper wide receiver one uh, on draft day. We
1: tried with Pittman.
0: Everyone thought Pittman was the hotness in the off season, So Yeah, but that's who I'm talking about in terms of it, like depending on a breakout rather than like relying on somebody who's kind of proven it already, you know, and, and so that's the one kind of larger lesson as opposed to just like, you know, just making some bad picks. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get
1: into uh, some playoff matchups.
0: Yeah, let's um let's start with a, a match a rematch actually from this past week, uh which is Keenan versus uh Alex Holden um in the first round here. The winner is gonna go on to play against Nikki. Um yeah, I mean Todd, what are your uh what's your what's your thought here? I mean it's
1: a fairly even matchup. Um one thing I see that just kind of jumps off the page to me is Amon Ra St. Brown is going up against Sauce Gardner who held Stefan Diggs to almost nothing last week. That is a pretty scary um, piece to be having to start, in my opinion, because Sauce Gardner is great. It's just – I mean, not Sauce Gardner. Amon Ra is just so great, but it's just a lockdown corner, man, and that can always hurt you.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Um, and I I think uh just overall, right, just looking at their teams here. Well, first of all, like you're saying, it was it's you know, the Yahoo projection is super close. Um Yahoo's got Keenan projected ahead by about, you know, less than two points. So I think regardless, um, right, we're expecting a pretty tight matchup here as it was last week. And I, I think basically we're looking at a situation where like um Holden is super stacked at at wide receiver, especially with Jamar Chase back and Mike Williams back. And then on the other hand, uh, he's pretty weak at running back. And it's kind of the opposite on Keenan's side where he's got, you know, several stud running backs and probably a little bit thin at wide receiver. So it's kind of a contrast there in terms of just roster construction. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be, you know, definitely, a, I assume a close matchup, but. I think ultimately I'm expecting uh, Holden to pull this one off. What do you think? I agree. I think Holden pulls it off. I think
1: um, a key piece is going to be Isaiah Pacheco against Houston. Houston yeah. can't stop the run. And I think 11.9 fantasy points is a major under uh, underestimation of where he's going to be. I think he'll end up with a touchdown and close to 100 total yards. Probably in the, I don't know, you know, 18 to 20-point range. Uh, Buffalo's defense in a blizzard against Miami, I think, will probably do pretty well. My, you know, I really want Keenan to win because Holden's got two championships, and uh, I just don't want to see anyone get their third championship this year. But I, I see Holden pulling this one off.
0: Yeah. Um, I gotta agree with you, especially just on the the point of of one uh not wanting Holden to to get that third star. But uh yeah, I, I also agree that I think he is gonna I think he is gonna pull this off and uh, go on to face Nick in the in the semifinals. And what one key thing for
1: for Keenan, so you've got the Amon Ra matchup that's gonna be really tough. Garrett Wilson, though, against Detroit's defense, should have a pretty huge fucking game. And then I'm looking at Austin Eckler versus one of the best run defenses in Tennessee. But the nice thing about Eckler is he doesn't really do it on the ground. He kind of, you know, I could see him also having a huge game where maybe he's getting, you know, 14 targets, 10 catches, and, you know, puts up, you know, wide receiver one type numbers uh, out of the running back position. So it's not as bad, you know, if he had Derek Henry or I guess Derek Henry couldn't play Tennessee, but if he was playing, you know, a run defense like Tennessee with a typical running back, it would be way worse. But with Eckler,
0: maybe he's able to uh, get it done through the air. Yeah. I mean, and Eckler also just has blow up games, right. Where he'll score like three or four touchdowns or something. So I, yeah, I, I think he's uh uh, yeah, I think he's pretty locked in. Like you're, you're going to start him no matter what, even against a good defense. The
1: also Hollywood Brown without Kyler Murray with Colt McCoy back there, that's not great. You know, losing
0: Debo was huge for for Keenan. That that really hurt him. Um, I mean, yeah, on one hand, but I don't. I don't actually know, but I don't think Debo's been that great this season, honestly. Yeah, I'm looking at his numbers here. In the last, like, he's had two double-digit games in the last six, seven weeks or so. So, I I mean, he's been underperforming. I mean, obviously, compared to last year, I don't think he was ever going to replicate that. But, yeah, I mean, I I think that's what I was talking about, though, where basically Keenan's leaning on his running backs and, and Holden's leaning on his wide receivers.
1: Okay, so we both have Holden winning. Unfortunately, uh, how about the
0: other matchup there? So we've got uh, in the other matchup. We've got Cappy versus Franco, um, with the winner going on to play Bill in the in the semifinal. Um, looking at this matchup, uh, so I was actually talking to Cappy recently because uh, we made a trade late in the season where I sent him uh, Nick Chubb and um, Raheem Mostert for. Uh, who was it? Oh, yeah, James Conner and Jalen Waddle. And I think this was the kind of rare instance where we, were, we just had regrets on both sides because um, coming out of that deal somehow, uh, somehow James Conner has been like the most productive player out of the four, which I don't think either of us would have predicted. And like uh, Chubb has been underperforming. Um, I did not get anything out of Waddle on my side. And so it was this rare just sort of, double self-fleece situation, which is pretty brutal. But anyway, um, just looking at this matchup, uh, this is also, like, Yahoo has this projected as a less than one point gap with uh, Cappy favored, and so they have it as a 50-50 matchup. But I am going to be picking Cappy here. Um, Overall, I mean, I think he's just got like he's just got more studs that I think you can rely on, like you know, Devontae Adams, you know, Chubb. I assume he'll bounce back. Um, I, I think the big X factor is somebody you mentioned earlier, which is Najee Harris. Um, he's finally had some good games in the last few weeks, but also some duds as well. So I, I think he's the one who's been really up and down, and I think uh, how he performs is gonna probably have a pretty big impact on the overall outcome. Yeah, he's got a good matchup. Um
1: Kelsey also is just such a difference maker just looking at the projections where I think there's some issues is I think JK Dobbins has kind of come back and not look great, but
0: you know, I think he's clearly the guy. I mean, he put up a hundred. Did, 100 you, did you see him play? Yeah, dude. He can't run, man. He was like, like he would broke off like a 60 yard run, but was like just limping the whole way and got caught from behind. Like he did not look healthy. Well, he put up 120 yards on 15 carries, so... Oh, yeah, it's because they had Tyler Huntley playing along with whoever his backup was.
1: So, I mean, you're you're going to expect coming off a knee surgery that he's not going to have that top speed right away, but I, I do think they're going to give him the rock and he's going to get in the end zone again um, without Lamar in the game. I, I would estimate he's going to put up, you know, 14 points or so, um, be a difference maker. And then what do you do with T Higgins? Like, what is Cincinnati's uh, coaching staff doing? Like, how do you not tell that people that he's not going to play? Like, I think he was on in on one snap last week.
0: Um, yeah, that put- was and, – and I'll actually say also because Higgins was on my team earlier in the season that this was the second time he did this where he just completely, like – they didn't say that he was injured and then they said he was going to play. And then he just ghosted and put up a zero. Like he did that to me. I can't remember when, but earlier this season. And so, yeah, man, I mean, I think uh, if you know, he's going to play, then obviously you're going to keep him in your lineup. Cause I mean, you know, dude's huge. He's a fucking beast, but like, yeah, you, you can't be, you can't be super confident at this point when he's already done this twice this season. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking at Rashad White, maybe you pivot to
1: that because at least, you know, do either of them have Saturday guys going? Yeah, they've got some Saturday and Thursday night matchups. If I were Frank and I kind of jumped out to a nice lead and I just needed, you know, 10 points out of that, I'd probably go with Rashad White over Higgins because at least I know I'm not going to get totally fucked with a zero, Right.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That's a good point, just about the kind of context of the score.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, you've got Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins playing Saturday. You've got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett playing Thursday. You've got Nick Chubb playing Saturday. You've got Jonathan Taylor playing Saturday. J.K. Dobbins playing Saturday. Like, they'll know going into Sunday if, uh, you know, where things stand pretty well. If I'm looking just to, you know, 8 to 10 points, I'm going Rashad White. If I'm way down, then yeah, I'll probably go T. Higgins, but we'll see. But yeah, I'm going to pick Cappy as well. I think Josh Allen in a blizzard is going to run the ball quite a bit. Mike White gets Detroit. I think he's going to look pretty good. Nick Chubb's got a... Okay matchup. Najee Harris has a good matchup. J.K. Dobbins, I think, will overperform the projection. T. Higgins worries me. Fryer-Muth's not 100% healthy. Saquon appears to be breaking down, um, you know, just too much volume. Um, I'm going to go with Cappy, and I'd be very happy just to not have a three-peat on our, you know, the possibility of a three-peat going into the
0: semifinals yeah for sure um i don't like basically i i don't know if we should do full predictions for the rest of the playoffs but i I, i'm actually gonna i i see cappy actually going all the way with this and beating nikki in the finals is my is my guess okay well um Um, what
1: else was on your list of shit predictions um, up four and bust of the week
0: yeah um i guess uh yeah i mean should we just just uh just jump to the bust of the week then well, I, you know, I'm happy to do so next week.
1: I would say I think Holden beats Keenan, then Holden beats Bill and makes it to the finals and has a shot to get a third championship. I think, I think Nikki holds on, gets to the championship and brings it home, provides for his two children and his wife. Um, and that would make me happy for him. You know, he almost he almost bailed on the league. He stuck it out. He got everyone, the Mott's. I think he deserves it.
0: Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I agree. Just uh yeah, just want to see a, a first time winner here. So um, right, that basically leaves Cappy, Nicky, Bill, um Keenan basically, but uh, yeah, I I, I think the final four Ooh. is gonna be Cappy, Nikki, um, Franco, and Bill, and they're gonna end up finishing that order with um, Bill missing out on the money, Franco uh, getting third, and then Cappy beating Nikki in the finals. One other thing to keep in mind is that Nikki
1: has four more Bitcoin than anyone else, um, so if there is an injury and there is a smash waiver wire ad all he has to do is bid 20 wait let's see actually he also has waiver priority over over Cappy so he can bid 21 Bitcoin and get whoever the fuck he wants Um which at this point he's only got two games left so if you know let's say Dalvin Cook goes down he would get Alexander Madison If no matter who goes down he's got 21 bitcoin that he can spend and grab them and still have four bitcoin left over uh that's a huge advantage to have at this point
0: yeah that's a good point i hadn't thought about that but the the other thing here though todd you're forgetting is that bitcoin is the official currency of the afterlife so maybe you know he wants to take some of it with him that's true okay um okay should we? Uh, I already, already went the, the week. But I'll, I'll just
1: say it one more time. I think Almond Raw against um, Sauce Gardner is going to be an issue. I just, Sauce is the real deal. There's very few shutdown corners like him. And if he did it to Stefan Diggs, he can do it to, to um, my boy, the sun
0: god. Got it. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with, I think, uh, probably, I hate to say it because I kind of love this guy, but I think Mike White, like, he's overperformed, he got cut in half, um, and he's coming back. I I, I think, um, right, I mean, obviously Detroit, it's going to be, it's possibly going to be a high-scoring game, but just coming back from injury and, like, you know, is he actually good? I I I don't even know, man. You know, so like, I have a feeling this might be a game where surprisingly he comes back to earth, even in a good matchup.
1: I don't want that to
0: happen because I like Mike White and I
1: just really do not like Zach Wilson.
0: Yeah, so I-, I hear you. And I also want to see uh, Cappy beat Franco as well. So this uh, and I, that's kind of what I expect to happen, but, and so I'm kind of going against myself here in terms of my predictions, but yeah, I, I just, I, I just feel like the kind of, you know, the other shoe has to drop as they say at some point. And yeah, I, I, I just don't think Mike White could keep this up forever. That was such a brutal hit. He took, that was unbelievable, man. And like when Cappy said, that Mike White got cut in half, I was like, yeah, that that is, like, the most, like, appropriate description of what happened. Like, he just completely fucking folded, like, a fucking chair, you know? Yeah. Oh, I cannot imagine how bad that feels. Oh, man, dude. Just thinking about having, like, a 240-pound dude hit you, like, full speed as you're trying to, like, throw a ball and you're just, like, extended and vulnerable is, I mean, that's brutal.
1: Yeah. Well, let's uh let's finish up just on some Niners stuff. Brock Purdy,
0: can he win a Super Bowl? Uh, my dad certainly thinks so. He's uh he's all up on the Brock hype train. Um, I'm a little more cautious here, man. Like we've seen, right? I mean, there are these like backup guys that just have these like flash in a pan moments, and I mean, even like fucking Nick Mullins, like. I believe in he's his first... oh, you're talking about big dick nick. Big dick Nick, exactly, as opposed to he Big Con uses... Brock. But he, I believe, in his like first sixteen or seventeen starts or whatever, with like not in the same season, but like spread out over multiple seasons, like in those first 16 or 17 starts, I think he has like the most passing yards like ever, basically. Like yeah. He's in like Mahomes territory, I believe. And so it's just like you when you got quarterbacks like playing in these like chunks, you know, as opposed to like a full season, it's kind of like weird, crazy shit can happen. And that's kind of what I'm saying with Mike White as well. But I just like I'm going to have to see it to believe it with with Brock for like a little bit longer. Yeah. What
1: I will say is the pass to McCaffrey was kind of a poorly thrown ball. Um, McCaffrey just made a great adjustment to, you know, catch on the other side of his body where he was not expecting it. And then also, the the ball to Ayuk was so underthrown. Ayuk burned the dude so bad that he was wide open enough that it didn't matter. But it wasn't like he had these, like, perfect throws. He just – I don't want to say got lucky because he he did take the shot. It just – it was fortunate.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I think, right, we just – like with Shanahan as the coach it's like the opposite of Hackett right like we we're talking about earlier where he's like he's just going to put the offense in like positions where they can basically sim- like do the easy thing and like find success basically and i feel like that's what he's done for for Jimmy forever and basically because we uh, yeah because the Niners have such a good coach i think uh you know playoff success and potentially super bowl is possible but um but yeah, I, I think uh, things are getting a little ahead of ourselves in terms of how good Purdy actually is.
1: Okay. And then, how about this for a question? Let's say Purdy does take us to the NFC championship, you know, maybe wins two playoff games, takes us to the NFC championship. What do you do? You know, oh, what do I you do with Garoppolo?
0: The- that's the best-case scenario because you let Garoppolo walk and then you have a quarterback competition, Brock and, and Trey, next season. Like, right, because that saves a huge amount of money on the cap. Like, you're not just handing the keys to Trey like they were trying to do this season. Um, I, to me, that's the best-case scenario. Yeah.
1: I just – I feel like there's just not a lot between the guys – so I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hoping the same. I hope, I hope Brock looks good. Cause you're right. That allows us to, to get rid of Jimmy and I like Jimmy a lot, but Purdy will be way cheaper
0: and that allows us to spend elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the rookie scale contract is for the very last pick of the draft, but um, I'm sure it's a fraction, you know, a minute fraction of the 20-whatever million that, that Jimmy's making. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where those guys go because you're going to have
1: Jimmy, you're going to have uh, Gardner, you're going to have Baker. All, all, uh be testing the waters of free agency, and those are all guys that can start in this league, especially Gardner Minshew,
0: probably future multi-Super Bowl champion. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I do think Jimmy is just—you know—he's a Jimmy is like a class above those guys in my view. Like he's way more Gardner. Um, no way. I mean, look, I I can't, I can't do this bit with you, Todd, because I just, I don't know, I don't know if he's actually (laughs) good. But yeah, I mean, Jimmy, like, he's shown that he can take you know a loaded team to the to the Super Bowl, which is a lot more than you can say for for either the other guys that you mentioned.
1: Okay, fine. Okay, well, we should probably wrap it up. Uh, anything you want to say to the people in the
0: playoffs? Um, I mean, just overall for the league. I mean, right? Like, obviously, we got a few weeks left uh, to to before we crown a champion. But I mean, you know, fourteen weeks of the regular season. It's been uh, it's been another banger year, you know. So um, I feel like we're just every year we're finding little ways to like kind of step up our game and just like top what we did the. The, the previous season and I think we did it you know we managed to do it again and uh yeah looking forward to you know for us it's time to look ahead to next season so yeah just looking forward to that in a year yeah I'm going to make sure I'm in a relatively normal time zone uh next year during drafting yeah and keep your shirt on as well your shirt's always off <laughs> alright bro it-
1: well, all I'll say is uh go Cappy, go Keenan. I I just wanna see these two championship guys, Holden and, and Frank, get taken out sooner rather than later. Because I just I don't wanna be down two championships to those guys. I can deal with one, you know, I'm one season away from catching catching the leader pack. I just don't
0: wanna see someone get three. Yep. Yep. Agree. So yeah, basically go Keenan, go Nikki, go Cappy, go Bill. Yep. All right, man. Later. I'll talk to you later, man. See you.